0: Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 782, with Ryan Gromfin, a.k.a. the Restaurant Boss.
1: You can't market to all of those people with the budgets that you have. You have to market to them separately, so you have to create different concepts. Are you ready for it It factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable.
0: Streamline your clean faster than ever before with Ecolab Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer. Ecolab's two-in-one sink and surface cleaner sanitizer is one product that can both clean and sanitize food contact surfaces in front of house, back of house, and the third sink. Like other EPA-registered food contact surface sanitizers, it helps protect against foodborne illness. To learn more, visit Ecolab.com unstoppable or talk to your Ecolab representative. This episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And Seven Shifts is trusted by over 400,000 restaurant professionals because it gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team and retain your talent. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.7shifts.com. Slash unstoppable. That's the number seven, S H I F T S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. What's going on? Unstoppables. Before I let you know what we got in store for you today, quick reminder, please support restaurant unstoppable podcast. There's a few ways you can do it. Support our sponsors. If you support our sponsors, they continue to support the show. It's that simple. Use our links. Whenever you use our a link, there's a good chance it's an affiliate link and we get a commission and that goes a long way. And just share this thing with everybody and anyone you know who's aspiring to be great in the restaurant industry. So today, We're talking to Ryan Gromfin, AKA the restaurant boss. And the reason why I got Ryan on the show, he's actually a repeat guest. He's been on the show now, I believe three times, Uh, but there's been a lot of chatter in restaurant unstoppable network uh, from my members wanting to learn more about ghost kitchens and how to set up a ghost kitchen and what are ghost kitchens in general. So today we invited Ryan to come on the show because he just recently launched a course where he's teaching people about ghost kitchens. And I kind of just want to get like an aerial, an aerial view of what that material was like. Uh, If you're interested in Ryan's course, make sure you stick around to the end of today's episode. Uh, We'll let you know exactly where you can go to find that course. Um, And today's just like a, like a crash course one-on-one into ghost kitchens aerial view uh you can take it a layer deeper if you want to again stick around to the end of the episode we'll show you exactly how to do that all right here it is enjoy today's episode and with excitement allow me to introduce you today's guest a three-time repeat guest on restaurant unstoppable he's the restaurant boss ryan gromfin my man are you feeling unstoppable
1: today I'm feeling
0: unstoppable. Yes, man. I know you are unstoppable. Like I said, this is Ryan's third time on the show. Whenever he comes on the show, it's one of those circumstances where I just get the frig out of the way and let him do his thing because uh, he's a, a natural born speaker. He's going to drop a lot of knowledge on us today, but it is custom. It is a, a it is a customary to is that the right word customary. It's ritual Something like that. It is customary. <laughs> it's customary. It's customary here at restaurant unstoppable to pop off the conversation with a success quote or a mantra. What do you got for us today? Oh, I have to do the Drop quote. <laughs> I know you got tons of quotes <laughs> and mantras up there. Drop it on us.
1: So is it okay if it's not my quote? No, is not first first your quote. To mine? Anything that comes to mind, just, just motivate
0: the crap out of us.
1: Okay. So this is kind of, this is a Tony Robbins quote. I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but I've been living by this for like the last month for the last couple of years, but really for the last month, which is, show me your calendar and I'll predict your success.
0: Show me your calendar and I'll predict your success. What's that mean to you?
1: So basically people often have dreams and goals and we can talk for all day about the difference between a dream and then a goal and then a goal and then a process and a process and a task and blah, 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 blah. But really what what I find, what Tony obviously found and what I find in my coaching is that we talk about the things we want. We dream about the things we want. We sometimes even set goals up for or to achieve the things we want, but then our calendar is either empty or our calendar doesn't have the activities that lead to that. So let's say you wanted to run a marathon in a few months. Well, that's wonderful. I am not ready to run a marathon in a few months, but if I were, my calendar better be filled with activities that are related to eating healthy, Preparing my mind and preparing my body through workout and running and exercise and I should have meetings with coaches. And so often one of the first things I'll do when I get on the phone with a client is they'll tell me all these goals they have for six months or a year or five years and I'll say share with me your calendar and it's a white piece of paper. Yeah. and Obviously, we're
0: here to talk about ghost kitchen today, but this is yeah. a huge lesson that is totally worth bringing to any conversation. And it's the power of time blocking, and it's one of the biggest lessons I've learned that we always say, we, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Well, if you make time, you got to make time for the things that are going to move your business forward, and that means diversifying and include, uh, in, in blocking off time to sit through. A, a, a presentation on ghost kitchens because it's going to help your business. Then you block that time and you make time for it. Like you, if you don't put it on your calendar, if you don't block the time, it's not going to happen. So I love that quote. It's a great way to get this thing started. And um, yeah, man, let's just kind of like what got you into learning all you could learn about ghost kitchens. Why did you decide to invest time and energy into becoming kind of an expert on this?
1: I got to ask you a question before we start on that
0: flipping the table on me. Go for it.
1: Who has had more than three visits on your show?
0: Ooh, you're up there, man. Um, David Scott Peters has been on the show a handful of times. Rudy Mick is is my boy. Um, Who else we got? Um, Those are the ones that immediately come to mind. I
1: want to get, I want to get like Alec Baldwin when he did, like when he hosted for the ninth time and he was the most who hosted (laughs) SNL ever. He got like the red silk jacket, like into the number nine club. We got to start like a number five club or something. I
0: will say this. You are in a very small group of repeat guests on the show. You Uh, you are in a very small elite group. I will give you that.
1: I don't Um, want to take anyone else's time. Let's do this. So So, Ghost Kitchen. So it, it was one of those moments. I think like we all have these moments in your life where you're just like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Like instantly, like it happened like that. Probably three, four years ago, Someone mentioned something to me about this, and it wasn't a term. It wasn't being written about. At the time, I don't think they were calling them ghosts. They were calling them clouds or virtuals. It's all all a little different. It's all a little the same. We can talk about that later if we want. But the second I heard about it, I was like, that makes sense. (laughs) Like the first time I heard about Uber, I'm like, there's no way I'm getting in the car with some totally random stranger. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Of course, now it's no problem at all. We Uber all the time. There's certain things like cryptocurrency is is a hot topic today. Like when someone explained Bitcoin to me like seven years ago, I'm like, that's a terrible idea. Well, I sure wish I had some Bitcoin at $7. Um, But there's certain things that you just it takes a few years for you to figure it out. When someone like told me, I don't even remember who or how. It just clicked in my mind instantly. I was like, this is amazing. We got to get on this as fast as possible. When was now, that for
0: you? When did you really start to see like we need to figure out what's going on here? Cause this is really three or four I, years ago. Three or four years ago. Okay. So you've been three or four years you, ago. Your fingers like before,
1: before I was even recommend three, four years ago, if you go back and look at like I do a state of the restaurant industry address every year. I just did mine for this year. But if you go back to like 16 or 17, I was not even a fan of like DoorDash and Uber Eats, but it all kind of connected. Like once I heard this, it was like, wow, this is amazing. Now, one of the things that I try to teach, preach, whatever soapbox you want to call it that I stand out in my business is I teach proven strategies. I am not the most original guy in the world. I'm not the most creative guy in the world. And... What I want anyone who calls me or works with me or watches any of my videos is that whatever I'm sharing with you, I'm sharing with you because it's been proven. It was either proven successful when I operated, or it's been proven successful with other operators, or I've interviewed and studied multiple people who have success doing that. And so at first when I heard it, I'm like, this is amazing, but I didn't want to start teaching it yet until I could prove it. So I worked with a few one-on-one clients and sort of said to them, hey, I don't really know if this is a proven method yet but it sounds really cool. Do you want to try it? And we'll figure it out together. And we opened up a couple of them and they were instant successes. I mean, a few things, of course you had to learn here and there, but then I felt more comfortable about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, starting to talk about and teach the methods a little more. And again, over that time, we've kind of figured it out.
0: Okay. So real quick, a few things I'm taking notes over here. You said that there was something that happened and it was around the time that all the third parties are really starting to emerge that like something triggered inside of you that you made a connection. What exactly was the connection that you made?
1: It was that you don't need to deliver this yourself, but it's more than that. It was really taking advantage of the resources that are already available. It's the efficiency of it. So you already have a restaurant. Or let's just say person X already has a restaurant, is already uh, paying for all of the facilities associated with a restaurant. And then business Y already has delivery models and drivers in the gig economy. And again, I don't want to, we all know how Uber works and you know all of that. So we don't have to explain all of that. But then when you bring the two together, you create a very efficient model. And so at first, when people are talking about fees for delivery, that's so expensive. And I get it, it is expensive. But where I think things are going, where I think we've proven it's gone and where it will continue to go is that we're just gonna build a whole new restaurant concept, a whole new model, I should say. The reason 30% for DoorDash seems expensive is because we're adapting it to an old model of business. We're adapting it to a model that wasn't built for the restaurant industry. DoorDash, yeah.
0: Or sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, I thought it wasn't built for DoorDash or Uber Eats or Grubhub or whatever it is. So, the ghost kitchen to me was, Oh, this is how we do it.
0: So, it's a whole new segment essentially where you know oh. we had full service, we had fast casual, we had QSR, we had now this is a whole new segment, and you have to look at it as a different type of operation, and because you don't really truly win. You know, you can't get the most out of these third parties unless you're, you're thinking like a ghost kitchen.
1: I believe that wholeheartedly now. While I believe that there are hybrids and things that we can do in our existing restaurants and catering businesses and things to take advantage of and lessen the pain of the fees and markups and all this other stuff. That's how I'm really looking at this. I'm looking at it. I don't have the exact words that I want to use here. And I don't want to say risk-free nothing's risk-free, but uh, I look at this as we're going to transition into this becoming a segment of the restaurant industry and you get to do it with minimal risk. You get to dabble in new technologies. You don't have to go out and start a whole ghost facility. You can either jump into someone else's or you can use your existing facility and see if it works for you. If it works for you then you can go out and we're going to talk about it in a minute, but you can go out and you can hire an attorney to help you figure out a franchise model or a license model Um, sorry, David. I'm going to call you out right here, man. You're drinking a glass of wine right now. It's awesome. That's great. Day drinking. Yeah, I wish I had a glass of Chardonnay right now. I can wait. I can
0: wait. We can, we can edit this later. If you want me, I'm just kidding. Uh, So uh, (laughs) real quick, some of the things that you mentioned earlier and and then I want to start getting into the details. You're, you're, you're starting to get into the details, but I want to stay a little higher. Big picture real quick. You mentioned they have different names. Uh, There's, there's cloud kitchens, there's ghost kitchens, there's virtual kitchens. Are are they all exactly the same or are there specific differences that are worth pointing out before we move forward?
1: There are differences. They are not worth pointing out. Okay. I am a very simple minded man. I am a recovering restaurant operator. I do not have any sort of an advanced degree in anything. I'm just a guy that works hard and pays attention to what's happening in the world around me. And Honestly, there are differences and we could probably split hairs here, but I chose Ghost Kitchen because I just think Ghost Kitchen is cool. You know, you can call it a dark kitchen and we tried that and you could try it a virtual kitchen or you can call it this. There is someone somewhere who's going to listen to this and say, Ryan, what you're explaining is not a ghost kitchen. What you're explaining is a cloud kitchen or a virtual kitchen or a dark kitchen. God bless you and all the time you have to split those hairs.
0: Okay, yeah, I, 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 it probably gets into a little bit of, um, like you said, like the details aren't really necessary. But what what is it? What are the things we need to know that make it a go a ghost kitchen? In your, it in your perspective, exist. it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist.
1: Meaning like, that's it.
0: The, there's no brick and mortar. Like if you, you can never find it anywhere.
1: are well, of course there is a brick and mortar, but the theory is that it doesn't exist. It's just this. It could be anywhere. It can move tomorrow, and it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, So of course, there has to be a brick and mortar. You got to cook the food somewhere. So that's where I'm saying you can get into these like we're going to talk about the different kinds later, but you can get into like, well, if you do it in your own facility, then it's a virtual kitchen. But if you do it in someone else's, it's a ghost or I don't know, whatever. I've read a few articles where people have tried to define them. I just don't care. I like okay. the word ghost and we came up with a cool logo for it. So we went with
0: it. All right. Awesome. So let's let's start getting into if, if the, the folks that are here join us because they want to know I'm opening a ghost kitchen next week. What have and I consider what, what, what do I need to know? Like what, so get you know, I, I realize we don't have a ton of time, but try to give get into as much detail as possible uh, while also being able to include it all within the next 30 minutes.
1: Cool. So let's if it's okay with you, let's kind of divide this up into two sections here. Obviously, the people who are going to open up a ghost kitchen in a week, we're going to talk about that. And that's about all it should take. Uh, But if if it's okay with you, I want to kind of address the different kinds, because I think people maybe aren't thinking about this as big as they could be thinking. There's probably people out there who are highly considering this, but might not have had all the information or thought about it in a way that we've put the time into. Can I kind of go there first? So, so,
0: So the two sections are you're opening it next week and here are the different kinds
1: yeah let's do the different kinds first if that's all right all right
0: knock it off go for
1: it okay so i'm, I'm gonna keep looking at my monitor here for those of you who are watching just because i don't want to screw this up but really quickly when i looked at this i look at it in kind of seven different models now the first couple models you're going to be totally familiar with and maybe one of these others you'll be familiar with but here's some different options for you so what i call a single ghost brick this is basically add a concept to your existing location so that's the easiest thing that we're going to do we're going to Add a concept to our existing location. We have a restaurant. We have a catering facility. We have the ability to cook food. We're going to add another concept to it. And then multi-ghost brick is the same thing. But if you add one, why not add two? Why not add three? Why not add four? That's what we've done with a lot of our, our clients is they've opened one up. And then I'm like, great. Now let's do a second and a third and a fourth. So when, you're so saying opening, multi- when you are say
0: opening one up, you're talking about a brand.
1: A brand, a concept. We're going to call them concepts. Gotcha. Sorry. We're going to call them concept. Yep. So it would be. And again, we'll talk about this more in a second, but this would be like adding on. Maybe you have burgers, pizza, wings in your restaurant. Well, instead of having one menu that has burger, pizza and wings, do a burger concept, do a wing concept, do a pizza concept, as well as your other concept.
0: I think we'll get into your opening next week and then we'll get into the detail why that's significant.
1: Yep. Okay, keep going. So then we have what I call a like ghost operator. So a ghost operator would be opening your concept in someone else's facility. Maybe you don't have a facility. So you're going to go, you're just some guy and you're a chef and you don't have your own restaurant yet. You got a friend who owns a restaurant. Go do your concept in their restaurant. Pay them rent, order your own food, right? However you want to do it. Or you could franchise or license that concept, which we're seeing a lot of here. So maybe you develop the concept yourself. Maybe you develop it in your own restaurant. And now you want to go and teach other people in other restaurants how to do the same thing. So then we have what I call the, and sorry, that was the ghost operator. Then we have a ghost outsource, which is kind of the same thing, but you're opening your concept in someone else's facility. So this is like, they have a facility that is built for multiple ghosts, ghost concepts, ghost restaurants. Um, We have multi-ghost outsource, which again is basically the same thing, but you're doing it more often. And we're going to get into way more detail on this um, in a program that I have. I just want to kind of simply put this out there so people start thinking about this more. So far, the biggest thing up to this point that I think has blown some of my clients' minds is if I can do it in my restaurant, why can't I go to 20 other restaurants that are similar to mine and have them open up the same thing in their restaurant, be it either a license deal or a franchise deal. And again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an attorney. This is sort of wild, wild West out there. So you're going to want to talk to someone that you trust that understands intellectual property and franchising and licensing. If you decide to do that, to help you out with that, um, But the point is the option is out there and we're starting to see that happen now. There are some brands out there and even internally, a couple of my guys are starting to go down the road of taking the concept that they've built in their restaurant and expanding it into other people's restaurants. Um, So then we have something that I call a single ghost multi-concept. So this is where you start your own facility with multiple concepts in one kitchen. So this is the operator model. So think of this like a cheesecake factory. I know these these words are weird, but think of a cheesecake factory. Giant kitchen with a giant menu. If you've never eaten a cheesecake factory and you're listening to this for the first time, just go Google them and look at their menu. They serve everything. Well, you could either convert your current restaurant or open up a new restaurant in a lower rent area. And instead of having a giant menu, which I think is a big turnoff to a lot of people, why not have a pizza restaurant, a burger restaurant, a a rib concept, a wing concept, a fried chicken concept, whatever it is, that all share the same cooks, the same refrigeration, the same equipment, even some menu items like French fries are going to make their way across all those different menus. Your burger concept is going to have French fries. Your fried chicken concept is going to have French fries. Your steak and rib concept is going to have French fries. So really... Just think of it like a restaurant, but you have like six or seven different concepts that you're ghosting out of that big giant kitchen. Okay. So is that all of them? Am I cutting you short? There's one more. One more. I'm going to go very quick here. Go for it. So the other one would be like a multi-ghost facility. So this is where you would go into someone else's facility. Rather than starting the facility yourself and charging rent, you go into someone else's facility and pay them rent. So that's where we see like a cloud kitchen in Los Angeles or a kitchen united mix. So for some people, maybe you have a concept in your city that does really well for you. Now you want to expand it to another city, but you don't want to pay big rent and all that. You could just find someone else who's doing the rent model and you could go in and rent a subsection of their kitchen.
0: Okay. So I'm going to try to regurgitate this back. I got one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven different kinds. We have ghost brick, multi ghost brick, ghost operator, ghost outsource, multi source concept, single ghost, multi concept, and multi ghost <laughs> facilities. There you go. That's, that's a lot um, and this is being recorded. If anybody's like I didn't get all the details of which one makes the most sense for me um, and you want to put you make sense of it put words to it just you know just know this is being recorded so we we got your back um uh, just a side note for everybody who's just recently joined us um, if you there is going to be a Q&A time for Q&A um, if you're anything like me you're, you have a horrible memory and you, you forget the questions that come into your head. So if you're afraid you're going to forget your question feel free to in the chat section, just type out your question. Maybe you can't stay to the very end, but you want to make sure your question get, gets answered. I encourage you to start typing your questions in the chat section, and then maybe we might even answer those questions as we go. Um, and if we don't get to those questions, we'll, we will have time for a Q and a at the end. And thank you for joining us. Okay, so this is actually a great time to take our first break for our, our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Who wants to be more efficient and cleaner? everyone. So streamline your clean faster than ever before with Ecolab sink and surface cleaner sanitizer. Ecolab's two in one sink and surface cleaner sanitizer is one product that can both clean and sanitize food contact surfaces in front of house, back of house, and the third sink like other EPA registered food contact service sanitizers. It helps protect against foodborne illness and also kills SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19 in 15 seconds and norovirus, the flu, and common cold viruses in 30 seconds, helping you reduce risk, simplify your procedures and help protect your team, your guest and your reputation with Ecolab Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer. Visit ecolab.com/unstoppable or talk to your Ecolab representative. We're back and Ryan, okay, start getting into it. We want to open a we want to open a ghost kitchen tomorrow or d- before we get start into that, What's that? For, yeah, start and, the process, start the process and we want to do it in a week. But before you get into that, uh, I, I do want to ask when t- trying to figure out which one of these seven options of the, the type of ghost kitchen, what are some of the things we need to keep in mind? Is there anything you can kind of elaborate there? Like, which yeah, and I right think we're going to
1: actually cover that when we get into here of like kind of your next steps because okay. it's kind of built into the process. But You know, the things you want to keep in mind, I'm just going to kind of roll into it and then redirect me if you want. But the most important thing, hands down to me, is that we are searching. When I say we, I mean the average consumer is searching for food differently than they ever did before. So if we use the same techniques, the same business models, the same strategies, but the way that people look for us has totally changed. We're going to keep banging our head against the wall. People aren't looking at dining as let's go out on the weekends. Let's go to our favorite restaurant. They're looking for a hamburger. They're sitting on their couch, playing video games, watching TV, whatever it is. When they open up their their phone, this is how they find food now. At least if you believe that this is the future and you're deciding to open up a ghost kitchen, this is how they're going to find you. They're not going to type in best restaurant in my area. They're not going to type in anything like that. They're going to type in hamburger. They're going to type in fried chicken. They're going to type in burrito, taco, Mexican, Indian, even less of that and more of the specific items because we have access to it now.
0: Yeah. And I need, to, so if you I need want- to interject real quick to kind of reinforce what Ryan's saying right now. If you don't believe what Ryan's saying, like go check out this app called ate it. They're based in New York city and New York city is probably the closest thing to the options that that you have would have had if, you know, pride or ghost kitchens where there's just so many options in a one, a given square area where um, you, it's a literally an app that helps you search for whatever you're hungry for right now. And it was in it. So it's the, that model of like I want a burger. I want a pizza. Like that's how people think now. So like in and, and there, there is technology that was evolving before COVID-19 that was in place to, to feed these new habits. So keep going, Ryan.
1: And there's a great thing called, um, there's a website called pop menu that is, this is how people are searching now. So, Instead of just having your menu, it's you can, instead of rating your restaurant, like on Facebook, liking your restaurant, they could like specific items on your menu. I don't fully understand all the technology of it. It's kind of cool. But yeah, this is how people are searching right now. And if you do the SEO search engine optimization, the searches yourself, you're going to find that this is what's happening. So that's why what we're seeing is such specific concepts. And this is the hardest thing when I'm coaching clients through this. The hardest thing for them to wrap their head around is, Well, if I'm serving tacos, why can't I serve burritos? Or if I'm serving tacos, why can't I serve enchiladas? Why can't I do this? Well, you can, but now you're defeating the entire purpose of what it is. And if we go back in time, this really started in the last economic downturn that we had, right? Does everyone remember 2008, 2009? What came from that was food trucks. Food trucks came from that. It was these really great chefs. And a society of people who didn't want to spend a ton of money on great food finding a way to help each other out. So these chefs very inexpensively opened up food trucks and they drove to populated areas and they specialized in one or two things because that's all they could cook on the truck. And they were the best at that one or two things. The trucks were specifically designed for that. And there's usually like one person working on it. Well, then the evolution of that went from trucks to trucks that were permanently parked to pop up kitchens. And now I think that next evolution is where we are. So not only is it how people are finding you. So this is really important when you're seven days away from opening up your ghost kitchen and you don't have a logo yet. You don't have a name yet. You don't have a menu yet. That's all fine. Cause you could do all of that in like two days, but you really need to be thinking about this differently than you're thinking about your restaurant because You're not going to have that, what I call the veto vote. The veto vote is three people in a family, two of them want hamburgers, one person wants a salad. That doesn't happen. That happens in a sit-down restaurant because it's like, well, we're going to the restaurant because it's next to my kid's baseball practice. So everybody needs to be happy. You need to have a big wide menu for everyone to be happy. Whereas here, when the whole family wants hamburgers, they're all going to order hamburgers. You don't need that salad. Now, some people have experimented with one or two items. If you can already cook them and they're on a different menu, fine. But really what this is about is if someone wants hamburgers, they want hamburgers. They don't want a fried chicken sandwich because if they wanted a fried chicken sandwich, they would have looked for a fried chicken sandwich. So your hamburger restaurant doesn't also have to have chicken option. Yeah. Uh, And why not just open up a fried chicken concept and a hamburger concept is the point.
0: Yeah. So what you're getting at is people are searching for particular items. So you want to create your brand so it's easily found. So if you can become the best at one thing online, then you have a better chance of people ordering from you because you're tying your specific brand to a specific menu item. So you're going to be better discoverable uh, or discovered better. Uh, I don't know that kind of sound, but um, <laughs> it's
1: perfect. <yeah. laughs>
0: so like that's the whole idea. So what you do is you, you for every menu item, you develop a brand around it and then you start working on SEO to stand out for that one thing, which would, which I, I'm maybe I'm getting a little ahead of you, Ryan. I apologize if I am, but that's, that's kind of where we're going with this. you, you, you want to search, high or be a high result for each specific menu item. And then you can look at a market and go, okay, what, what's not being served in this market. And then you can fill a niche overnight um, and be and own that SEO for that specific thing. Is that fair to say? is that where you're going with this?
1: Absolutely. And yeah. also there's a second level of that, which is authority you're going to build that authority. I mean, we'll go back to you here. For example, you could have done a podcast that was just business centric where you could have had plumbers and accountants and lawyers and everyone, but you wanted to create that authority in the restaurant space. uh, Just like I did the techniques that I teach in business. I could literally, I've been on the phone with plumbers. I've been on the phone with accountants, all the techniques work, but I'm establishing my authority because it's what I know. And it's what I'm passionate about in the restaurant. So, also, there's that authority factor of when someone has not heard of you and they see that all you do is burgers, you are the authority on burgers. I love it. You are the best that there is. Awesome.
0: All right. So, uh, David, I see your question. I'm going to not answer it now because I don't know if Ryan's going to get to it organically. If he doesn't get to it organically, just know that we will do a QA and a and we can answer. We can address some of that stuff. Go for it, Ryan.
1: I see the, I see the question there. So, um... Yeah, so basically, again, when you're, when you're thinking about this, think about it from that standpoint. Think about it of your target customer, and we didn't even talk about that, but you've got to think about who is your target customer. Your target customer is not everybody. Everybody may order your food, but everybody cannot be your target customer. Grandma searches for food differently than, than little Jimmy who's playing video games all day long and can't even take a break from his Twitch live stream to go in the kitchen and microwave something, right? They're looking differently. Now grandma likes hamburgers and little Jimmy likes hamburgers, but they're searching differently. So, you have to identify who your target audience is and what words are they using. So, have you seen are anybody using ham- Have you used,
0: have you seen anybody use the same exact recipe for a burger but created a brand that's like old farmy and like t- targeted for like older individuals that will like identify with that brand. And the same exact burger is being targeted. That's like a young hip, maybe cartoon artist, or, you know, like, like
1: in the ghost world. Yeah. Like same as that product. You've not, did- we've, I've seen a pizza place that did something similar. It's a little different, but they had what I call their fat bastard pizzas, which are like the Tony baloney type pizzas, which are like, Over the top, insane pizzas, you know, crazy toppings. Meat lovers with French fries. What's that? Like like a meat lovers with French fries. Yeah, with like French fries and nacho cheese. Exactly. And then they have their regular 18-inch like New York style pizza place. And then they have their Neapolitan style, uh, you know, individual wood fire pizza place. And then they have their what what I call their skinny bitch pizzas, which are like the gluten-free cauliflower crust like all organic, all coming out of the same restaurant. So not so much in age difference in demographic, but definitely rather than having all of those on the same menu, the girl that goes to yoga all day long has a roommate is maybe in a master's program is who's going to order the cauliflower crust pizza is very different than the four guys watching football who want the meat lover pizza with French fries and nacho cheese sauce. Gotcha. You can't market to all of those people with the budgets that you have, you have to market to them separately. So you have to create different concepts. Gotcha. Thank you. Does that answer your question? Yes.
0: Um, So, okay, where you sold us, we figured out which type of ghost kitchen we're going to open. And I know we can't run through every type of ghost kitchen and the specific things, but what, which one do you think is the most popular? Uh, I would imagine it's the out of your own restaurant.
1: Um, yeah. And I was going to say, it's it's less about like which one is right for you. It's just more about you can grow these things bigger than people are thinking. Okay. Like one of my clients was like, sure, like I can, I have a hamburger on my menu. I can do a hamburger concept in my restaurant. But what good does that do me? I'm like, no, dude, you're not thinking about this right. If you get the branding right, if you get the logo and the words and the menu and the execution and the recipes right in your restaurant for no dollars at all like literally because you already have it all there now you could take that you can go to every other pizza restaurant in your state and you could teach them how to do exactly what you're doing which is what and a you franchise can sell is. it to them yeah. as a package yeah
0: a, franch- a franchise is literally a system to do things a specific way so and you can so- figure that out and then repackage it is what you're getting at
1: Right. And so what happened to this guy is he went from Ryan, why are you wasting your time teaching me or telling me about doing a burger concept where I might add $500 a week or $1,000 a week to my already ridiculously busy pizza restaurant. And I'm like, no dude, cause that's not what you, that's not what I'm trying to teach you. What I'm trying to teach you is get this right. And then you want to open up more restaurants. Why do you need to spend $400,000 opening up more restaurants? Why aren't you doing this and then go get money to open up restaurants <laughs>
0: I hear you.
1: So sorry, I get a little I passionate. It. I love it.
0: It's great. <laughs> I'm man. yelling into
1: it. my microphone
0: here. <laughs> it's great, man. Bring, bring the energy. So I think the people that join us today are, are really interested in like, what are the actions I have to take to start executing this? Sure. And if you can start getting to some of that, um, and so, and I will say that out- Ryan does have, and this is a little bit teaser. He does have a ghost kitchen bootcamp course. That's a, that's far more detailed. Um, and we're going to let you guys know where you can find that if you are interested in really slowing it down and like, Going deep.
1: Keep going. <laughs> Excuse me. So, um, first things first, identify your target audience. No question about it. You have to identify your target audience. Second thing you have to do is uh, develop your concept for that target audience, meaning the menu items, uh, sort of generally what kind of name you want, how aggressive you want your concept to be. You know, remember you got about two seconds to capture someone's attention here, so. These aren't going to be like calm, easy. These are aggressive names. They're in your face. There's a shock value to it. Um, obviously, you got to find out how far down that line you can go. But you, that, that only can happen once you identify who your target audience is, kind of work on the brand a little bit. Once you have the brand figured out, then that's where I would then go try to come up with a name. Uh, work on a logo with some people. I love for projects like this, when you're not hundred percent clear, I love outsourcing your logo to like one of those um, places where you give them what you have and then like 50 people bid on a logo yeah. for and you. And I was just
0: going to say 99 designs. If you guys are free, like, yeah. if you're like, how am I going to do this on a budget for literally like $400, you're going to have hundreds of designers from across the world, literally submitting designs to you within hours from submitting the project. Um, and it's, it's really great work. Um, and it's super affordable. So you can literally l- launch a whole new brand in less than a week for like $400 using something like 99 designs. And they are a past sponsor of restaurantunstoppable.com. There's also, I was going to ask, do you have
1: a 99 design discount
0: code? I do. I know okay, you do then too. You go ahead and offer <laughs> yours because <laughs> I right. have one too. And I was going to say, All if right. you don't, we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. Um, okay. And, uh, so okay, so real quick, if you can do this for me right now, what we've got, what I've written down, is identify the target audience, create yep. the menu items, develop the brand around the menu items, and then stay stay at thirty thousand feet, just like I did, and hit the other waypoints to the end of today's conversation, so I can make sure we kind of get that big picture of what we're going to yep. cover, and then we so can start. So you've going got down.
1: to. So after that, now it's really all it's super simple. Just get it on your third party delivery app. That's it. Like literally. That's it. Awesome. Um, Get it on your third party delivery app. I mean, then we can get into, you know, now let's optimize your photographs. Then let's look at creating your own website, your own social media platforms. Then we can look at doing your own online ordering and pushing those orders to DoorDash rather than DoorDash generating the orders. It costs less money to do it that way, but literally it's not hard. Like get a target audience, Get a menu, get a brand, put it online. You could be selling hamburgers in three or four days, assuming DoorDash or Uber or Grubhub could move that fast. They're moving a little slow right now.
0: Yeah. So I, I think it, people who are probably listening to this and the folks who are joining us are like, that seems really simple. Why have I been pro- procrastinating? It, 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 it truly is that simple. And, um, it
1: truly... And that's why yeah. like, I didn't want to answer, I will, David's question right now about basic concerns, setting up a ghost kitchen, licensing, rent, taxes. None of that. None of that. You're already doing all that. Like literally, you already have a business. You already have credit with vendors. You're already paying rent. You're already paying for insurance. You already have all of that. You have bank accounts. So literally, this is no different than adding a menu item to your existing menu. It It's... It's, it's nothing. So what about the It's a of imagination. So
0: if on paper, right? So if I develop a, a brand on paper, am I creating a separate LLC that is rent? Am I, am I trying to like track well, all that money? Is,
2: you could.
1: Okay. You don't have to.
0: Okay. Is there any benefit to doing that? To start,
1: if you wanted to instantly protect your intellectual property, your designs, your logo, your look and feel, the colors, the name, all of that then you could, I mean, you could keep it in your current business corporation and start applying for those protections through, you know, uh, with an IP attorney, or you could just literally live in the world that I live in today, which is ideas are worth nothing. It's all about execution. There is nothing original anymore. Having the best name in the world doesn't guarantee you success anymore. Who the hell cares? Let's go make some money. Yeah. Okay. So I think right. What makes
0: sense right now going forward for the rest of our time, un- instead of trying to cover everything about ghost kitchens um, in the next two hours, why don't we just kind of open it up for Q and a, and that way we can kind of get in our helicopter now and like hover on a lower, like 200 feet above the specific parts that might be hanging people up about opening a ghost kitchen. Sure. How does that sound? Cool. All right. Before we yeah. do that, one more quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by seven shifts. Seven shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. and effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure your profitability and restaurant success trusted by over 400 restaurant professionals. Seven shifts gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team and, and retain your talent. Best of all seven shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system. You already use in trust like toast, turning labor into a competitive advantage for you and your business to get three months. Absolutely free. Head over to, www7 unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S.com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Get on it. We're back. And we're going to answer some Q&A. So if you guys are listening to this, um, go ahead and or if you joined us live um, over your name, there's a little drop down menu. Click that little more button right there and then raise your hand and we'll come to you and you can literally ask your question. If you're shy and you don't want to ask your questions, you can type them below. But I encourage you to, to, to unmute your mic and be a part of the conversation. So we got some hands going up. Sean, you are ready to go. You can unmute your mic and go for it.
1: Cool. I just had a quick question. One thing that we're struggling with, I'm at a hotel currently and we have open like prep space. Uh, We wanted to roll something out uh, or even outsource it to somebody. I guess if we did it ourselves and make a ghost kitchen, the concern that I have is um, overloading your cooks and chefs. I mean, is the simple solution just hiring more people if you're that busy? I mean, I know that's a good problem to have, um, but what issues do you have in terms of labor when you're expanding your offerings within a current spot that's already operating? So great question. And part of that is going to be about knowing what you're capable of doing within your facility and where you have excess capacity. If you don't have excess capacity at night, possibly look at doing a breakfast concept, do a lunch concept. You can turn them on and turn them off. Now, while I don't highly suggest opening up a restaurant that's only open Sunday through Wednesday and you turn it off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because you're naturally busy at that, you know what? Go do it. Who cares if it only works for you for four months until the world returns back to some form of normality. Great. You can make a lot of money in the next four months. Um, Again, it's not my preferred method, but my preferred method is first look at where you have excess capacity. And every once in a while, if you need to turn it off, you literally just turn it off. Now, again, the reason I'm not that concerned about that is we are not yet. I don't believe yet. I say going to DoorDash specifically for your ghost concept. It will happen. You will build up that sort of brand equity. But right now, they're just looking for fried chicken and nobody does good fried chicken in your area. So when they type in fried chicken, if yours is off, it doesn't show. They don't know the difference. And if it's on, then they order their fried chicken from you. Wonderful. But again, I I think it's about looking at excess capacity. It's about also keeping these menus very, very, very simple so that way they could be executed easily, uh, whether that means certain things are prepared ahead and reheated, warmed up, whatever, it works for the concept or doesn't work. Um, But again, uh, keeping it simple, not overdoing it. And then to your point, if it's so successful and you have the room for it, hire more staff.
0: Yeah, Uh, Sean, do you have a follow-up question or did you get your uh, question pretty much wrapped up?
1: No, that was great. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Thank you, Sean. Uh, right, Brian, I'm coming to you. I'm going to lower your hand. Go ahead and, and feel free to unmute. I'm excited that. to chat with you, Brian. I've been seeing head
1: nods all day. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I got someone here who is interested. And David's drinking, so I can't wait to talk to him.
2: <laughs> nah, I'm very interested. Thanks for all the info. My pleasure. One thing that we kind of glossed over but didn't dip into yet, don't know if it was coming up, was SEO for all of these third-party apps. Who does that? How do you do it? How does that work to get to the top of the list?
1: Great question. So we're going to get into it a lot in the program, but there's really two things to do. The first is uh, keep Google Keyword Planner. So do some SEO yourself. Uh, if you've never used Google Keyword Planner, literally just, it's so funny, Google, Google Keyword Planner. <laughs> and it'll pop right up. I know it sounds hilarious, but they keep changing the link to it because sometimes it's at adwords.google.com. Sometimes it's at KeywordPlanner.Google. Literally just Google Google Keyword Planner. So that's how you can do some SEO yourself. And I would watch some YouTube videos on the specifics of that if you've never done it or hire someone to do some SEO for you. As far as on the platform, reach out to your local rep if you already work with a DoorDash or a Grubhub or an Uber Eats and position it as a partnership. Don't position it as, you know, we're looking to do this, we're going to do that. Of, hey guys, we're having so much success on your platform. We want to have more. Uh, you see, we already have four and a half stars at 500 reviews. We're servicing your client, your customers really well. What are you finding people are searching for in this area that isn't being served? Um, that's my favorite question to ask. And again, they're all so busy now. I'm not going to lie to you a year ago or two years ago, they really wanted your business more than you needed them. So they would go like, all out on giving you reports and searches and things like that it's a little harder right now they're very busy as you can understand but it still works all right
0: so i have a question for you and, and kyle I do see your question about uh, pos systems but if i don't ask this question i'll forget and i'll be kicking myself in the ass for like days after no um, bad words so hey it's my restaurant we don't talk like that <laughs> so uh I'm curious uh, and we, we so when it comes to like, if you're a brick and mortar restaurant, I know a big objective when it comes to third party delivery is, is offboarding from third party and getting in and, and migrating them to your own native systems, online ordering and delivery native systems. Um, does that apply for ghost kitchens? And if so, are we also creating websites for our ghost kitchens? Like what, wh- how far do we take it or do we, do we want to keep it as simple as possible and just keep them on, go- on the third parties?
1: Take it all the way to Mars, baby. What do you mean by that? We're going all the way. We're starting. We're starting fast and easy. And if you start getting orders day one and people are happy, then we go to level two. We go to level three. We're going to go until there's no stop anymore. So it's coming. Kind of like, so the, we're going to and I'll explain it more. But we're going to zig Ziglar this. What I like to say, which is when you find oil in your backyard, don't dig another hole put a well on that hole and pump it until it's dry.
0: So you're using the actual brand, the the one week to be your pop-up and then you're seeing what happens. And if there's, if you get traction, that's when you start to invest. So
1: you use Actually a shotgun. Start to invest in so you, photography, gotcha. social media, your own website, possibly okay. uh, routing your deliveries, maybe even doing your own deliveries. If you can already do it. Um, then we start talking about cross selling. We start talking about creating if you have three concepts plus your own, now you can create a fourth ghost concept that has all of your menus together. Like the technology will catch up. It's not there yet. So it's kind of ugly the way we have to do it. But I'm talking like as long it's. I use this analogy when people ask me like, Ryan, do you take American Express? I'm like, does it work? Like if it works, I take it. If people are willing to buy food from you, keep giving it to them.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. So moving on to Kyle's question, it's in regard to POS systems. What if you're looking to set up a ghost kitchen in someone else's restaurant? How does the POS work? Do you go through their POS or do you have to set up your own POS? And then I think Cecil responded mentioning toast now, which I I have heard of. Do you want to get into more detail with this question?
1: Yeah. I think a lot of it's going to depend on like how you're going to set up as a license, a franchisee or something like that. But it sounds like what you're wanting to do is to keep track of the sales that went through just the ghost kitchen versus the sales that are going through their normal restaurant. So yeah, in that case, it would either be by menu items that were sold where certain menu items in their POS are menu items that are specific to the ghost. And then you can run a report, assuming you trust these operators, you can run a report at the end of the month and find out how many of those menu items were sold or you could use just the simple tablet that the third parties uh, provide, and you could just get the reports from them. So there's a lot of different ways you can do that.
0: Yeah, and this is a little outside of my comfort zone as far as answering questions, but I'm pretty sure with Toast you can create multiple multiple back end menus, and you can have different menus for different platforms. So if you're looking to do a collaboration with a restaurant, you want to use their space to the host, your ghost kitchen, just create your own menu on the back end and then tie that menu and your brand to these third parties. And then like Ryan says, if you have a good relationship and you're not hanging out with greasy mofos, they should be able to see that, you know, like this came in through your portal and these are the funds that we owe you from, you know, that, that would be one way to do it. Or there, I think there's probably, there is an option, the toast now, which is, uh, I think more like a soft option, in the sense of like it's like software and not hardware. Um, But I don't know a lot about that. But hey, you know what? This is cue the network. This is an opportunity for me to reach out to toast and to dive deeper into this. So Kyle, if you want me to, I'm happy to create that content specifically for you in that question. Um, All right. Do we have any other hands going up? This is um, Ryan is a wealth of knowledge. I encourage you to not be shy to ask your questions. looks like Mary's typing hers out. We create a different menu on toast now that we turn on and off. Okay, so it's more like help. Okay, um, if there are no other questions, oh Cecil, I see you. I see you. All right, go ahead and lowering your hand. You can go and unmute your mic.
2: How's it going? Um, so I basically got a brand that I launched last summer, working out of a restaurant's kitchen two days a week, Mondays and Tuesdays. Lovely. But I use toast now. Um, first, do I? And I've been considering starting a commissary before my barbecue business, but I don't have a lot of money, so the barbecue is going to fund probably Phase Two. But chicken egg, you know, if you were opening, uh, you know, should I be submitting a business plan for a commissary or for my barbecue joint? Hmm. Ghost kitchen, zombie. sorry. Ryan.
1: No, I think I know what you mean. Um, I, obviously, it's something I'd want to talk with you a lot more about and really get details about your location, your passions. One thing we have to remember, this may be a side story, but I do think it's going to relate here is I hear a lot of people who say they want to franchise their business. And the first thing I say is, one, I hate franchising. And two, you understand that when you franchise your business, you're no longer in the restaurant business. You're in the rent business, you're in the marketing business, you're in the coaching business, you're in every business except for the restaurant business. So what I would say is kind of ask yourself the question of what business do you want to be in, whether that's because it's something you're passionate about or something that comes easily and naturally to you. And then secondarily to that is where do we think the future trends are going? Um, I can only tell you for me, which I'm, I'm not right now, I'm incredibly busy in my coaching practice and don't have time, but if I were to opening up any sort of food service facility right now, again, depending on capital ability, if I could raise capital, if I had the funds, if I could do it, I would absolutely be opening up a kitchen where I have one giant kitchen that has a generic mix of equipment and I could provide one, 10, 20 different concepts out of that kitchen. That's what I would be doing right now. I don't know if that changes or helps you at all. That's what I would be doing. Does that help
0: you? Cecil, feel free to follow up with a a follow-up question.
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, I understand identifying the passion piece. Uh, I want to do it all. So it helps. It doesn't help.
1: (laughs) So tell me more about then your barbecue, like you were saying either a commissary or a barbecue. Well, couldn't your barbecue also do
2: other concepts? Um. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's more that I have so many colleagues that in this time need kitchen space. So it's like I've got two or three people right now. As soon as I get a lease or, uh, you know, buy a place, they've got a home. You know, right. my barbecue uses very little kitchen time. Right. I'm the smoker most of the time. So um, I've just been. Now, do you want your barbecue plans to be and everything establishment been, or do you want that? your
1: barbecue to only be virtual? You know, quick QSR, a lot
2: of takeout, a lot of catering.
1: So now the problem is, though, is if we were to, if you were to go, let's call it the rent model, let's call it like a Kitchen United mix or a cloud kitchen model where you become the landlord, you could still operate your kitchen. But if you were to open up a big facility, You got one guy who wants to do hamburgers. You got one guy who wants to do fried chicken. You build out little kitchens for them and you handle all of the distribution and the marketing and the website. First of all, as long as you like handling that and as long as you're good at that. Um, But then also, you're not going to be able to afford to have that big of a facility in an area that will demand a QSR clientele. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a warehouse facility. That's going to be 75 cents a square foot. When you're looking at depending where you are in the country, when you're looking at a QSR concept, now you're looking at super high rent, tons of parking, tons of traffic, tons of volume. You're going to want as small of a facility as possible. That still gets the job done. So um, that's where, again, I think a lot of it comes down to concept goals, Geographic. all of that.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. So I don't see any other questions rolling in, um, but I do kind of have more of like a intrinsic question. Uh, I feel like w- during times of uh, innovation and new s- stuff coming out into the world, we just want to be first to market. We want to tackle it. We want to, we want to strike while the iron's hot. We want to take a, take advantage of opportunity, but I I can't help but wonder being somebody who likes to see the big picture. In a market that's already been cannibal, I mean, it was can. I, I feel like it was cannibalized before COVID nineteen. Obviously, a lot of restaurants had dropped off uh, because of COVID nineteen. Um, are we are we creating a situation for ourselves where there's going to be an even more cannibalized, oversaturated market? Are we really shooting the industry in the foot by everybody and their brother and mother and sister and cousin and nephew wanting to open a kitchen tomorrow? and making it so easy to do that, like what is the long-term effect of this? Is this something I can't help but wonder? And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that.
1: From a humanity, like moral, perfect standpoint, um, we should all have the free market society and ability to do whatever it is that we want and um, you know, let the, let the strong survive. Um, I guess that actually, maybe that kind of answered it in both ways. I don't know. Like from a like there, I can go in a moral or I can go in a financial conversation on both. of I definitely agree with what you're saying that we're definitely, we're doing it in all industries though. We're creating a monster. We're creating our own monster. We're eating away at our planet. I mean, all the things that we talked about doing. And I think you have to ask yourself the question of where do you fall on the moral versus capitalistic or capital structure in your life where are you comfortable um I, again, just at, I feel like sorry. I'm
0: sucking all the, the wind out of your sails right now. Right? No, no,
1: no. It's just, it's, it's a good, it's a good question. It's a moral yeah. dilemma that I think we have to face every day. I mean, look at, we're seeing it happen. I've, we brought up cryptocurrencies earlier, but again, this isn't about that, but we're seeing it happen with the dollar devaluation. We're going to create a world of hyperinflation. We're eating ourselves alive, but we also have people who are suffering and need money. So what do we do? Do we not give them money? Like, do we maintain the value of the dollar and let people die from starvation? Well, so
0: I do think I, yeah. I do think that part of the solution here is making knowledge, and information, readily accessible to everybody, not just a privileged few. So you don't have this isolated group of people that have access to this opportunity who just take over the entire market. And it, and the cool thing about innovation happening in the age that it's happening in is that when there is innovation, the whole fucking world knows overnight. So yep. there's that same there's that, that, that same opportunity to strike while the, the iron's hot across all boards. So I think the wealth gets spread out better uh, more. There's a better distribution of wealth because everyone has access to knowledge, not just the privileged few. So I think in, in the sense that what we're doing right now is a perfect example of that. After this week, 4,000 people are going to listen to this and be like, Oh, you know, um, so I think that that is, hopeful um and I think we we discussed something else where this isn't just gonna be like this is gonna be and then you know like it's like it's here's your restaurant and then there's your ghost kitchen and I think that that that's where people don't really see it like smart operators are gonna have their brick and mortar they're gonna have their place where they create experiences for their their guests but they're also gonna have a kitchen that they can use to Serve other niches and other opportunities. So the thing isn't this, or don't think this or that. Think me too. Um, and, and
1: sorry? Go ahead. No, and like this is what like Chili's is doing it. Like Chili's has Chili's and they're paying rent all the time and they have big staffs and big facilities and they created just wings where they're like, we already do wings, we already have fryers, we already have everything. Like Chili's is doing it, Buco de Beppo's is doing it, like big chains are starting to do this. So, I mean, the big thing that I just wanted to add when you asked that question is by leveling the playing field, by giving everyone an equal opportunity to get into the game, like you said, it's not just the people who have the know-how and the money and the knowledge. It's going to come down to execution. Yeah. And I love living in a world where the best can win, not someone who has privilege, ability, or access, or whatever you want to call it. Just because Chili's is doing wings and they have huge dollars, if your wings are better and your marketing is better and your execution is better, people are going to buy your wings. You don't need money to compete with them. You can get online for a couple of dollars. Yeah. Now, I don't think that wasn't possible 10 years ago.
0: I don't think we need to go into this any deeper, honestly. Um, I just, it's just something that's like, it's just <laughs> interesting, you know, cause I feel like by nature, we are reactive creatures. We react, we're like, oh, fear, uh, run, react, react, fear, uh, fear, react. And that's just what got us into the shitty situation we're in with how, what, the, the condition of our industry, why we don't make any money in industry. Cause we're, we're reacting in fear of what the guy down the street's doing, right? And we just react to the market, react to the market. The market wants this now. The market wants ghost kitchens. It's like, okay give the market what they want, but at the same time, are we, are we shooting ourselves in the own foot by not giving them what they need, which is healthy food, you know, education about where your food comes from. And you know what I'm saying? That kind of shit. Um, what you're raising your hand. What do you want to say?
1: I was raising my hand. I, I get what you're saying and I'm going to respectfully disagree a little that's fine. bit.
0: I don't have the answers. I'm just that dingleberry that likes to challenge the status quo and play devil's advocate. So that's all I'm doing.
1: The restaurants that aren't making money, and again, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings here. I'm a coach. My job is to be honest. If you're not making money, it's because you haven't figured out what your guest wants and you're not giving it to them. That's it. It's got nothing to do with your competition. It's got nothing to do with the world around you. It's got nothing to do with anything else. This is Tony Robbins 101 stuff. This is personal development 101 stuff. And I I hate to have to say this and I hate to the, the weight in the room. But if you know what your audience wants and you are giving it to them, you will make plenty of money in any business, including the restaurant industry. Is the restaurant industry hard? Sure. But the margin aren't any tighter and the workload isn't any more than anything in the world that you want to be the best in the world at. Tom Brady isn't sitting on the couch eating Cheetos to win a Super Bowl. So if you're sitting on the couch eating Cheetos and drinking yourself to sleep at night, that's why your restaurant isn't making enough money. Fair. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair.
0: I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing questions at the wind right now. I love it. That. Keep coming,
1: man. I I got
0: all day. Let's roll. You got a four hour podcast? I think all we, I need is a glass of water. I told you an hour. We hit our one hour. We got lots of great questions answered. And we should let the folks know before we wrap up that uh one, this was recorded. If you weren't able to make us if you weren't able to join us live, but you want to join us live for future conversations right now, head over to restaurantunstoppable dot com network. Um I Schedule these conversations weeks out in advance. You can literally connect with the people in my network and ask your questions. And I will create content based off of what your questions are. Um, it happened today. Kyle Beecham asked a great question. I'm going to get toast in the network to do a tech talk. And we're going to answer that question for him. Um, and then also... Uh, we try to keep this an aerial conversation to get like the big picture of what the the ghost kitchen industry is and some specific, some specific questions answered. But Ryan has created an A through Z step-by-step process to implementing a ghost kitchen in your restaurant, uh, which is Ghost Kitchen Bootcamp. Ryan, do you want to tell us more about that and where we can find it?
1: Yeah, so the restaurantboss.com slash restaurant dash unstoppable. Uh, So it's therestaurantboss.com slash restaurant dash unstoppable. So you'll be able to, um, and you'll link to that, I assume, but if you're listening to this and it's called Ghost Kitchen Bootcamp and that's exactly what we do. It's about a 90 minute training course that we're going to go through step-by-step. We're going to focus mostly on how to get from, from zero to a restaurant open in seven to 10 days, a ghost kitchen open in seven to 10 days. And then we spend about the last, 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes going through now that you're open, how do you optimize it with the things like we talked about, like the SEO, the websites, the technology, all of that um, is, is going to be covered in the in the bootcamp. Should we talk about like pricing and... So I think you, you have it listed at
0: $97. If you guys use that link, you're going to save um, 10% approximately, $10 off. Uh, thank you for using my link. And I will earn a commission if you guys use that link. So...
1: Uh, thank well, you. Well, on the code, the code is
0: yes. Unstoppable, unstoppable always. Um, so if you use our links, use that promotional code, you're supporting the show, you're getting a $10 discount. Thank you, Ryan for hooking up my listeners. And, uh, you can just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com com slash ghost kitchen. Uh, sorry, I'll say that again, restaurant, unstoppable.com slash ghost kitchen. Uh, we'll, we'll link to everything you need right over there. If that was too much for you to remember. So, uh, R- Ryan, thank you so much. Um, before we let you go, um, Anything else you want to add?
1: No, just <laughs> don't, don't get caught up in being first to market. That was one thing you mentioned earlier that I wanted to cover on is um, first to market is sometimes cool. It's sometimes not. It doesn't matter. I'm the execution guy. If you yeah. go to, if you have back pain and you go to a chiropractor, they're going to recommend chiropractic work. If you go to a surgeon, they're going to recommend surgery. I'm an operations guy. Don't come to me for marketing advice while I can offer it a little bit. I'm an operations guy. I believe all challenges in all restaurants can be fixed by improved operations and execution. So if you're interested, if you believe in the same thing, maybe I'm your guy. If not, um, if you think marketing is the answer, go find a marketing guru. But at the end of the day, first to market doesn't matter best and exceeding your guest expectations is what's going to make the difference.
0: You know, what's coming next, Ryan. Am I feeling unstoppable? No, you, there's no questioning you are. I am unstoppable. unstoppable. What's next? <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, man. This was a lot of fun.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Well, there we
0: go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you guys found value in today's conversation. And if you are interested in taking this knowledge a layer deeper, here's how you do it. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash ghost kitchens. That will take you to the show notes of today's episode. And we've linked to the course that Ryan's created right there in the show notes for you. And when you use that link you will get a uh, case study that Ryan put together as a bonus feature right there. So again, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash kitchens at the very top of the post. We're going to make it front and center. We're going to put that link to jump over to Ryan, the restaurant boss's website. And uh, you can can get your course and you can get that case study. And thank you in advance for using our links. Uh, Ryan is going to pay us out a commission for anybody that comes his way from Restaurant Unstoppable. And that's how you support the show. Uh, So thank you in advance if you are using our links. One more time, that's restaurantunstoppable.com slash kitchens, and that's with an S. So before I let you go, I want to let you know what we got going on in Restaurant Unstoppable Network. For starters, if you're interested in this course and you sign up for the network, you can save $10. That's an exclusive deal for Restaurant Unstoppable Network members. But also within the network, on March 1st, we have this week's guest, Elliot Nelson. He's going to be joining us March 1st at 11 30 a.m. Eastern time to connect with you, my listeners, and to answer your questions and to literally get mentored by a leading restaurant tour. What Elliot Nelson has done in Tulsa, Oklahoma is amazing. And this is your chance to, to ask your questions to get literally leading advice from the the best in the industry so get over there, join the network, be a part of these conversations. Uh, All the guests that we have on the show in the next month are also all going to be joining us in the network to do these live mentoring sessions so as you're listening to Restaurant Unstoppable and you think to yourself, I want to meet this person you can do that. Keep that in the back of your mind all the guests that go live in the month of March are going to be meeting us live in the network and then we have two courses that we're going to be dropping in the network beginning in April the first course is going to be with Scott Landers on native delivery, and that's gonna be a live course. The second course is going to be with Rudy Mick on costing. So, if you're interested in joining us live in these courses, then come join the network. All right, guys, that's it. Until next time, peace out.